This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Blech! And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty! Ah, smell the difference? Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm & Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of Hefty Large Black Bags. All right, we get rolling on the crew show, third stream of the day. So we had Damon Bruce this morning, Chase Sr. in the mid-morning, and now we go cross-country for Al Sacco, who I think does a phenomenal job. He's a great follow on Twitter, at AlSacco49, and we've had him on before and uh, always enjoy his content. Al, good to see you. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm good, Larry. Thanks for having me. Always, Always fun to come on here and talk Niners with you. Well, man, it's a, it's a pleasure to have you. I, I think you're one of the best content creators out there. Thank you um, so we're brought to you by Pig in a Pickle, the best uh, barbecue in Northern California. Check them out in Emeryville and Corte Madera. They're open seven days a week from 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. or until they run out. And we're also brought to you by um, Underdog Fantasy. You can see that link in the description. Check that link. Use the promo code KRUG. K-R-U-E-G, and they'll match you up to your first $100. And thanks also to Marin Autoglass for sponsoring this live stream. Marin Autoglass, 415-883-3030, marinautoglass.com on the web. All right, let's get right into it. Niners Chiefs, Niners in the bowl uh, for the first time in four years. We get a rematch of Niners Chiefs. What do you think of the matchup? I guess it's the matchup I preferred. If, if I had to go between Ravens and Chiefs, I, 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 one, I, I just I really kind of wanted them to play the Chiefs. I, I want them to beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And I just feel like both of the defenses are going to be tough. You know, Lamar, I know there's playoff Lamar, and he struggled there, but both of the quarterbacks are tough. Mahomes is the best to do it. But I just kind of felt like the Niners could run the ball in this game. I, I feel like it's a little bit of a better matchup. And we saw the issues that the Ravens presented them on Christmas night. So I was kind of, I guess... If you had a lesser of two evils, I was going to go Chiefs here, but I don't know. We'll see, we'll see if I'm right or wrong. But I just, you know, Larry I was talking on the show the other day for for guys who are older or maybe you know mid 40s. Like we remember, you know, I'm in my early 40s, so I remember that end of Montana, and I remembered Steve Young. I was in high school, but for people who are 35 younger, it's been nothing but pain for fans. It's been so close and and just getting kicked in the gut. So I hope, you know, not only as a fan, I hope they win, but just for all the fans that, you know, that we interact with and that follow us, I really want this for them too. Cause it's been, it's been a rough, like it's been some good years, but it, it's always ended pretty rough. So it has, it really has. What do you make of the way things have gone? I mean, like give you an example, um, going into the last Super Bowl appearance, the Niners rolled green Bay. They rolled Minnesota. Mm-hmm. They, they, they ran the ball at will. They looked really impressive. Um, and then they ran into Kansas city and they had to use Jimmy and, and Jimmy looked like he, the moment was too big for him. He threw a terrible mm-hmm. interception in the first half. He couldn't find Sanders late on the deep ball. Niners still had a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter only to see it, you know, um, disappear. And then Fred Warner, I asked him about it yesterday and he's like, man, I'm scarred from that. You know, I thought we had that thing won. 
And, um, you know, he's like that, that, that loss scarred me. He's like, that scarred me for life, which was like, wow, I couldn't believe he said that. But now this time around the 49ers, you know, they went up against green Bay. I I was very scared about green Bay, but Mm -hmm. everybody was like, dude, they're going to roll green Bay. And I'm like, no, they're not going to roll green Bay. Green Bay is freaking good. And then the next week, I was really worried about Detroit. People are like, oh, they're going to roll Detroit. And I'm like, ah, I don't think they're going to roll Detroit. Detroit's got awesome weapons, and I don't see the Niner defense stopping the Detroit offense very well or very consistently. So I expected two tough games, but they were even tougher than I thought, and some of the, some of the, uh, the film from that Detroit game was just downright ugly as far as 49er players Cadillacing it on some of the defensive plays oh um, where, where Shanahan, I asked him about it yesterday and he's like, yeah, guys weren't going on the backside. And it's like, well, what the heck? I mean, it's the NFC championship game. Why is anybody not going on any side? Um, and they kind of pissed me off when I watched it and I've been harping on it for the last 24 hours. Where, where are you right now with the Niners and what, how they're playing. Um, do, you, do you feel good about how they're playing? Are you nervous about how they're playing? Do you expect them to bust out with a totally different game in the Super Bowl, kind of like what happened four years ago? What do you expect? I think it's a little bit of both for me. Like, I'm confident and I'm nervous. I'll start with, I guess, what I'm nervous about. The defense, to me, it looks like it has a lot of issues, and it has for the last, I don't know, late December. And I feel like we've done – a good job of explaining it away because they're winning most of the time, right? Like, okay, well, the Cardinals put up 29, but they were up by a lot and it was all at the end. The Ravens put up 33, but there were a lot of turnovers. They got put in a bad position. And then, you know, the commanders are terrible. And then the last game of the season was basically a preseason game. So you can't look at that. But then against Green Bay, first half, they were awful. And they did tighten up in the red zone. But Green Bay can't finish. They leave the door open and and the Niners are able to come back. It was, I mean, Nick Bosa said it himself, the NFC Championship game was embarrassing. That first half was, was I don't think they were on roller skates. And even in the second half, they, they did make plays, but they got very fortunate with some drop passes, some what I thought were bad calls by Dan Campbell. So they haven't really looked like themselves because the Lions left the door open for them too. I don't think Kansas City is going to leave the door open. If it gets to be, again, a situation where they're down 20 to 7 going into the second half, Kansas City's got a really good defense. They've only given up more than 21 points three times all year. 20 games. So that worries me where I'm confident is that one, I think they're gonna be able to run the ball on, on the chiefs into this offense. It they've proven over and over again, even when they don't have their fastball, they still can find ways to win. And I'm going to say this though, you brought up the the previous disappointments with, with the super bowl when Garoppolo was there and everything. Do you know, do you know why this team doesn't have a championship yet? Because why? in those years they, they couldn't score. And I'll tell you why. So you go into the super bowl, those two games, they win 27 to 10, and then they beat Green Bay in the NFC Championship 37 to 20. So they score those two games. They didn't have to throw at all. They only had 27 attempts in those two games. They were able to just run the ball up and down the field. Then when they get against Kansas City, and they do try to open it up a little bit, they only scored 20 points in the Super Bowl. That was the third lowest the entire year in 2019. And the only games that were lower were against the uh, Washington in the rain against the Ravens in the rain that year. That's it. And other than that, the Super Bowl was the lowest scoring game for them. And then you get to the 2021 season playoffs. Only 23, but they beat Dallas. Only 13 against Green Bay. One of the scores was a block kick. 
and then they can't get more than 17 against the Rams. They haven't been able to score in these postseason games. So I'm not making this an anti grapple thing. I'm just not what I'm trying to do. But if, if you look at just like some of the quarterback play, Jimmy was 80 for 132 for 962 yards, four touchdowns and six interceptions into six games. He only had six rushing yards. And you see with Jimmy, when, when the play breaks down, he couldn't do things off schedule. So the Niners weren't getting those plays. Now you have Brock Purdy in here who they've scored 41, 19. I don't count last year's NFC championship game. He didn't play 24 and 34. He's 84 of 133, 63%, 1,088 yards, five touchdowns, one interception. He's run for, I think it's 86 yards now. And I think that's been the difference. What Purdy's been able to do with his legs, extending plays, a couple of these scrambles, and the off-schedule plays that he makes. That's the difference. In the past, when, when things were breaking down, it's a sack or the ball gets thrown away. Now Pur Purdy can do things off-schedule that haven't been able to done in the he haven't been able to be done in the past, and the Niners are able to score more because of it. So I feel like in this game, as, as tough as the Chiefs are going to be, if they have to win the game 27 to 24, I do think the Niners can get there. Um, where in the past, if things broke down around him, I, I don't think they would have been able to score. So Purdy does make that difference to me. And obviously McCaffrey, too. McCaffrey is, you know, I don't even have the words for that guy anymore. He's been so important to this team. So the addition of Purdy, the addition of McCaffrey makes this offense a lot more deadly. After the Niners lost to the Ravens, um, Kyle Van Noy said, man, we gave everybody the recipe on how to beat the Niners. Um, and, you know, he made it sound like, oh, we know the secret to Brock Purdy. And basically, I don't know exactly what he was referencing, but in that Ravens game, the, the Ravens took advantage and their coordinator, Mike McDonald, who's now the head mm -hmm. coach for Seattle. Uh, and obviously he's a great young defensive coach. I, I just kind of felt like he did a really nice job at just kind of, looking at what the Niners did and countering what they do, right? And and what he did was he blitzed instead of blitzing through the A gaps where where it seems like, you know, Purdy's just having monster success on that first drive. He got some big chunk yardage plays before he threw the pick to Hamilton. Mm -hmm. In the against the condensed formations, they blitzed off the edges. And because the formations were condensed, the they the blitzes off the edges got home because the corner didn't have very far to go and it really sped up Purdy. And then they looked like they just kind of flooded the middle of the field in zone with some really damn good defenders, right? Hamilton, mm -hmm. Stone, Marlon Humphrey played inside. Um, we know about Queen and and Roquan Smith. And that seemed to be like the the, the gist of of what they've what they did. But then since that point, Purdy has he looked pretty good at times against Washington. He didn't mm -hmm. play against the Rams. Um, he just didn't quite look him. He looked really rusty against Green Bay. That was a terrible yeah, game. Yeah. And then in this, he only looked marginally better against Detroit. What do you think? I mean, do you think that the Ravens? Do you think Van Noy was right that that they gave some kind of recipe or formula? Uh, for how to bother Shanahan's offense or Brock Purdy in particular, by the way, what, by what they did on Christmas night? Well, this is the way I see it. He He's a second-year quarterback, just turned 24 years old. So if the Ravens started to show something different or did something different, he'll have to adjust on his end. And what we might be seeing right now is him sort of adjusting to different looks that defenses are giving him. And I feel like with him, he, you're right, he hasn't looked good 
at times in the playoffs. He hasn't, I keep comparing to that pitcher who doesn't have his fastball. Can you still win? Can you still get outs? And he has been able to do that, especially in the clutch. He's been phenomenal. But I think it's part of the growing pains. He's just doing it on this huge stage right now on this team that's ready to win the Super Bowl in the playoffs. I think he'll adjust. You know, I think in the second half against Detroit, he, he was better. The first half, the, actually in both games, the whole team looked disjointed to me. They just didn't look right the first game and a half. Um, and then in the second half it's in the, against the Lions, it seemed like they were getting it together. So did they give them some antidotes for pretty – maybe, maybe. But now comes the time, like anybody in the NFL, now he has to adjust. And I think with Kyle and with him, he will. But it's it kills me with him, though, Larry, because, he, again, I can't stress enough, he's a second-year quarterback. And I understand the Niners made this bet. They they said we're we're going all in with the second year guy, but there are going to be bumps in the road. And I feel like he's held to the standard of like seven or eight year vet who's been you know through the ringer and everything. He's not. He's still learning. And to do what he's doing to learn on the fly like this and to come up clutch when he needs to, to me that's the trait you can't teach. So he can go through all the adjustments right now that he needs to, and, and you know things may continue to get thrown at him for even in the next year that he hasn't seen yet. But what he's shown us is that even if he has four picks and it, everything's been awful, if they need a couple drives at the end of the game, he can do it. So that's what I'm hanging my head on. But I do worry about Spag, you know Steve Spagnuolo is such a good defensive coordinator. He may sh- you know show him some things or hide some things. It could cause him problems which is why I think this needs to be a Christian McCaffrey game anyway. I mean, McCaffrey needs to touch the ball 35 times in this game, I feel like. You know, it's interesting. You look at Purdy's numbers, regular season, postseason. Okay, so regular season, he completed 69.4% of his passes. Uh, the high water mark was against Arizona, 95.2%. And that was an amazing day. And he completed 84% against Tampa. Uh, but then against the Ravens, he had the worst day, 56.3% mm-hmm. completion percentage. So for the year, though, for the regular season, 69.4%. In the playoffs, that number's fallen to 61.4%. Uh, in the regular season, 31 touchdowns, 11 picks. In the playoffs, two touchdowns, one pick. Um, and then you look at the quarterback rating. In the regular season, he had a 113 rating. In the in the playoffs, it's been 87.7. If you look at QBR, mm-hmm. it's lower. Um, is it just a product you think of playing better teams and teams having more doing more scouting on his tendencies and and being able to shut off his water a little bit just because they it is playoff football or do you think there's something more going on here? I think it's a little bit of both. I, th- I think that there were there are some tendencies that people are starting to see. There's more film on him now, and again, he has to make that adjustment. But yeah, like you said it too, it's the playoffs. This you know, it's not 1989 every year where Joe Montana is going to throw 11 touchdowns and no picks, and the Niners are going to beat everybody by 40. It's just not that way with parity and everything like that. So feel like that's part of it too. Again, these are hard fought games. You got to go into those games. I always talk about the Dallas game last year. That was just a hard fought game where the Niners offense didn't have their fastball, but they were still able to get outs. You know, they were still able to move the ball. They were still able to do what they needed to do. And I think that's a large part of it, too. Has he played poorly at times in the playoffs? Absolutely. There's been some drop picks. There's been some plays where you're like, oh, boy, that could have been really bad. But it didn't happen. And he's bounced back. So I feel like he's the type of guy he's, he's shown, you know, mentally. He just he, he gets the offense. He knows where to go with the ball. I think he's going to adjust, um, and I think he's eventually going to be fine. Now, is he going through it right now? Yeah, it does kind of seem like he is going through it a little bit right now. So you hope – I guess there's that small worry in the Super Bowl that you could see a couple picks in the game. If, you know, Spagnuolo's throwing him 
different looks and everything like that. But again, that's why I just keep going back to Kyle's got to make sure he's comfortable early on, whether it's getting him a couple easy completions or just relying on McCaffrey early. The Chiefs do not have a good run defense. And the teams that have scored more than 24 points on the Chiefs have run the ball a lot. Um, Denver ran it 40 times. The Bills ran it 39 in the playoffs. That's kind of the recipe for them. So I feel like with this game, I don't want to say hide Purdy because you don't, you don't want to do that, but just put him in situations where he's able to succeed, that he doesn't get behind the sticks. Let's not get third and 10. You know, second manageable, second and six is fine. Third and manageable. Keep him in those down and distance, and I think they're going to be fine. Where he gets into trouble, I think, too, not only the looks, but sometimes he just tries to do too much. The interception he had against the Lions, his hand got hit, but he shouldn't have thrown that ball. It's third and ten. He just got to punt it, man. And I kind of feel like he just still has those tendencies sometimes to say, like, all right, I got to make something happen here. He's got that gunslinger in it, in him, and I think that's where some of the mistakes happen, too. You know, it's interesting. Buffalo ran for four, seven, a carry, um, and ran for, you know, 39 times for 182 yards in the playoff game against Kansas city. Um, Baltimore, I felt like just had an awful Todd Munkin. I mean, I don't know what to say about Todd Munkin, but I thought that game plan was atrocious. You're the number one rushing team in pro football and you come out with 39 pass attempts and, and your running backs barely ran the ball at all. I mean, they're run, they ran 16 times. They threw it 37 times. Their running backs of Gus Edwards and Justin Justice Hill had six carries in the entire game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, I mean, that I, I felt like Baltimore gagged a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's the perfect example of what I was just talking about. The Niners need to do with Purdy. Baltimore didn't do that. They didn't help Lamar out at all. Lamar was con- and he, Lamar didn't play well but he was constantly put in bad situations long down a distance. And to give your running back six carries and they, I think, I think it, I saw it was 32 carries a game. They averaged and that's their recipe. That's how they win. And, and, and to go maybe, and then it was 16, right? You said total. Right. So they just went in with a terrible game plan against a team that struggles to stop the run. And it's not like it was 24 to three and they had to catch up. Like it was a close game the whole way through. And for them to approach it like that was just, yeah, I think, I think they helped the chiefs out a lot and the Niners can learn from that. I hope they learn from that. Now Mahomes on the other hand has been better in the playoffs than he was in the regular season. Um, And the guy who's really been better in the playoffs than he was in the regular season is Travis Kelsey. What do you think about the matchup of the Niners trying to defend Kelsey, especially in the red zone? Seems like they've got the personnel to do it. Um, and if you can take Kelsey away, man, I I really think Mahomes then, you know, then it's really run it with Pacheco, run it mm-hmm. yourself or find Rasheed Rice. I don't see the depth of weapons that they've had in past years. W- what do you think about Kelsey, the Niners against Kelsey in that matchup? Well, yeah, I definitely like, like the matchup for the Niners there too, just because you have Fred Warner, you have Dre Greenlaw, you have you have those linebackers. And yeah, after Rasheed Rice, who's really coming on, I don't know how much trust Mahomes has in the other guys around him. Um, and the offense, their offense has not been prolific this year at all. I think they've only scored 30 points or more three times, I believe. So they haven't been the same chief offense, Chiefs offense. But again, where I worry, I keep coming back, and I never thought I'd say this, but I keep coming back to the Niners' defense where if they don't get pressure, and other than Bosa last week, they 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 really haven't been getting home. Just giving Mahomes the time, he can run around, he can extend plays with his legs. You know, you give him five, six seconds, he he can find guys, even though it's not anywhere near his best team. Um, so so that worries me. I think a lot of it for me, Larry, is 
the defense needs to play 60 minutes. We haven't seen that in a while. They have to come out and play a full game. They have to look like the Niners defense that we thought they could be, um, I think, for the Niners to win this game. But if you're going to play the Chiefs, this is the year to do it, I think, because offensively they're not what they've been. Um, but that defense, even though they lost Charles and Benny, who with the ACL, that defense is still really good. Yeah. In the last two games, Kelsey's been like Kelsey of old. You know, this last game, 11, 11 targets. He caught all 11 for 116 yards and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Against Buffalo, they targeted him six times. He caught five of the six for 75 yards and two touchdowns. But if you go back to his final 10 games of the regular season, he scored, I think, only two touchdowns. Uh, and he didn't have didn't have um, close didn't have a hundred yards in any of those games, so it's it's not been a vintage Kelsey year. Uh, you wonder if he's just you know slowing down because you know you look at him and you say, wow, man, Travis Kelsey is thirty four right now, and NFL careers don't go on forever. Is it possible that you know we're looking at the very the, very much the twilight? Um, but he is a major factor. If he's Kelsey of five years ago. Um, man, it's going to be tough to beat this Kansas City team. But if he's comes back to earth and looks more like the Kelsey that we saw in the final 10 games of the regular season, I love the Niners' chances of slowing down Kansas City's offense. Yeah, and I think, too, I mean, Kelsey's just – he looked old towards the end of the season, and it's fine. Was he 34? I mean, he, he, he's going to get old eventually. But he has kind of find, found the fountain of youth in the postseason, and he's just – he's that kind of player. He's just – he's a clutch postseason guy. He always has been. But – when I look at when I look at the way it's gone in the postseason for them, and Baltimore's defense is great, and he put up 11 catches for 116 yards on them, but they only scored 17 points in that game. I'll sign up for 17. I don't know about you. Uh, if you sure, tell me oh yeah, only score 17, I'll sign up for that. The other game, teams that they played, Miami and Buffalo, their defenses were absolutely decimated by injuries. I mean, the Bills didn't have any linebackers. Everybody was hurt. Um, their their secondary is banged up, and they don't really have a good pass rush anyway. Miami didn't have either one of their pass rushers. So Kansas City has looked better on offense in the playoffs, but they played two defenses. You know, you think of Miami and Buffalo, you think two really good teams, but those defenses were not anywhere near what they had been. Looking back at the Super Bowl in 2019, Kelsey caught all six of his targets. He had 43 yards and a touchdown. So again, if he goes six for 43 in this game, I'd like to take the touchdown out, but but I would take that. So they have had some success with him in the past in the Super Bowl. Um but but we'll see, man. I just I feel like with the Niners, if they play their game, like if they're the 49ers and everybody plays up to what they can play, like they're gonna win this game. If we see the defense that we saw in the last two games, they're not. I, I just think it's that simple. And I know everybody's talking about Purdy in barring a complete collapse where he throws three or four picks. You know, if, if he just plays even decent, I think the offense is gonna be fine especially if they rely on Christian. But to me, I cannot stress it enough. The X factor to me is the 49ers defense has to play a full game. No doubt. Um, what The effort from Chase Young, I mean, you saw the highlight on the Gibbs touchdown. It was bad. I asked Shanahan about it yesterday. Um, I didn't want to say Young's name because I didn't feel like it was only Young. But his, his uh, lack of effort was the most glaring on that one particular play Shanahan to his credit did not dodge did not make excuses and just said guys weren't mo- weren't running on the back end on the back side mm-hmm. and they everybody was expecting somebody else to make the play man that's really the opposite of the mentality that you need to have um how concerned are you about the 49ers defense just overall it just they have a lot of great players um 
you know, there's a lot of big names on this defense, but mm-hmm. man, I kind of wonder if, if, if it's more rep than, than reality as far as how, how pivotal or impactful some of these defensive players are. Yeah. I, and I think too, so, something's off. And if you say something's not off again, I just, I, I think you're lying to yourself. We, we just talked about the defense in 2021 when they were, when they were keeping the, you know, them in the game. And I know there's, but there's some different pieces there. Um, but something just doesn't look right in terms of young, young's effort. I saw a few plays where I'm like, what in the hell is he even trying to do? Some plays where he had to set the edge and he like just cut to the middle. I, I don't even know what he was doing. Um, the Jameer Gibbs touchdown was unacceptable. I mean, absolutely unacceptable effort. And I saw the question you asked Kyle, and even he was like, yeah, like that's not good enough. But that you even have to ask that question, you shouldn't have to ask that question in October, let alone the right. championship game. Yeah, Are you very kidding bizarre. me? It, yeah, it didn't make any sense to me. Like this, It just looked like they were asleep on some plays. So I think, yeah, um, kicking Armstead out to the end may be the way to go on early downs. Um, but it's just it, it, something is off. And I actually thought, too, if the Niners lost, on Sunday or what last week that NFC championship game, I didn't think Steve Wilkes was coming back because it was, it was embarrassing. Again, I'm not the one Nick Bosa said it was embarrassing. It's not just Al Sacco saying this, that first quarter was as bad. I mean, I thought it was like Jim O'Neill out there. Like it looked that bad. The old defensive coordinator with Chip Kelly. So yeah, something's got to get done. And I'll be honest with you too. If they come out and they shit the bed in the Super Bowl again, I, I still think maybe you change the defensive coordinator because something doesn't look right to me, but you know what, if it doesn't look right and you still get a ring out of it, <laughs> right. Whatever. Who cares? But um, the defense hasn't looked right to me in a really, really long time in the pass rush. Again, Bosa was awesome. Uh, he got home a couple of times, but they hadn't had a sack. I think it was two sacks in their last three playoff games or four playoff games or something like that. They just hadn't been getting home. So, I, again, I'm hoping – I think that they're due. There's just guys in that defense that are due. I know that kind of sounds stupid, but I'm hoping they come out in the Super Bowl and start to get it back again. Because, but you can't have that effort. You can't have that effort in October, in November, in September. You can have it in the preseason. You know what I mean? And it was the NFC Championship game. And the fact that that has to get brought out, I feel like, what's going on? What's going I'm on? being trolled on my own show here by Akshay. He says, Larry, what about Gravedigger? I'm in this mode right now where I don't want to hear anybody, Greg Papa or anybody else say, there goes the grave digger. You get a nickname when you produce, if you don't produce, you don't get a nickname. I mean, this guy was given $40 million guaranteed. He had like five career postseason sacks coming into this year. We all talked about it the day of the signing. Oh, could you imagine how they're going to wreak havoc with Bosa and and, uh, Hargrave? He's got no sacks, no pressures, no quarterback hits. I don't even think he has any tackles in these playoffs. He has been hugely disappointing what, in my mind. I mean, I don't know. How, mm. Give me your thoughts on, on uh, as Akshay says, the grave digger. Well, we knew he wasn't great against the run to begin with, right? right. That wasn't his strength. His strength was, you know, collapsing the pocket and getting to the quarterback. And, it, yeah, you're, you're right. They're not getting that pressure up the middle that I thought they would. You said it when they signed him. It was oh my god, Armstead. This is unfair. This is borderline unfair. You know, it's like the Warriors getting KD or something. Bosa is going to have twenty five sacks because they're going to, you know, they can't double everybody. And they didn't really address the other defensive end position. I think because they figured, okay, we're going to be so good in the middle, we can, you know, figure it out with Farrell or whatever. Nothing was happening there. They bring in Chase Young and hope that he can 
revive that position. And he, and he hasn't, he's, he's been really bad. So the defensive line, yeah, when you look at those four names, you're like, Oh my God, how are they not, you know, just absolutely wreaking havoc. But for whatever reason, it hasn't happened. I, I don't know. I don't know if the scheme isn't the right scheme. Again, something somewhere is off. I, I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. If people disagree with me. I, I'd love to hear why, but they have not looked like a dominant defense really since after the bye, they came out of the bye and they looked good for four or five weeks. But before that and after that little stretch after the bye, it's just looked like a mid, very mid defense to me. The guy who I think looks good is Javon Kinlaw. Now, other people have been very critical of Kinlaw this year, and I get it because he doesn't make lots of tackles and he's not a huge sack guy. And if you're one of these people that you know, doesn't watch the film and you just look at the stat sheet, you're like, yeah, he doesn't do nothing, you know, but what he really does is he occupies blockers and he keeps bodies off of Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner. And I think in, in the, maybe their best chance of having success against Pacheco is if Kinlaw absorbs some of the interior offensive line of the chiefs and then Greenlaw and Warner are allowed to fly around and make plays against Pacheco. I think Kinlaw is quietly a very vitally important player in this game. Um, he was one of the players that got to Montgomery behind the sticks on third yeah. and goal from the three uh, late in the fourth quarter, and that caused the Lions to use a timeout that they met that you know that may have decided the game. He put on several several impressive effort plays on tape. I love the speed that w- of which he played in this game. He seemed like he got off blocks in the run game put a little pressure through the bull rush on some of the pass plays. I love what I'm seeing from Javon. Um, I know a lot of people feel like he's been, you know, you know, he's a guy that's been a disappointment and I understand why, because they are comparing him to DeForest Buckner, Mm. but to me, he's playing his best ball right now. And if they're going to win this game, he's going to be a huge factor. Yeah, he's, you know, listen, he, he's he got knee issues too, right? You know, maybe his knee just wasn't healthy for a long time and he's feeling better now. That that could be a part of it too. But yeah, he he has played a lot better. And he's one of those guys, it's like Armstead too. People don't, Eric Armstead is a phenomenal football player. He's important in the locker room. He's terrific on the field. But you may look at the stat sheet and be like, well, what did he do? Unless you're really watching the game and seeing what he did, seeing the havoc that he wreaks, seeing how important he is, you know, when they are stopping the run, stopping the run up the middle. So I think Kim Law is kind of in that right now where, like, if you look at the stat sheet, you'd be like, where is he? Because he's not getting a sack or whatever. He, he's been a lot better. Um, and like you said, they're they're going to need it. They're going to need him to keep playing that way this week. But he's a talented guy. He's a first-round pick, and, and hopefully he's healthy. I still don't know that he'll be back next year, but um, he's certainly maybe playing well enough to to get a contract somewhere else. Um, we got this one five time Super Bowl champion Niners says breaking news. Saints have hired Clint Kubiak. The That's Niners passing game coordinator now goes to New Orleans as their offensive coordinator. There was also talk that Brian Greasy may leave. If you had to lose Greasy or Kubiak, who would you prefer to lose? Oh man, that's I don't that's I don't know if I could answer that. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I'd have to be behind the scenes to give a really good answer to that. I will say this though. If Shanahan has showed us anything, is that he is really good at hiring coaches. So it's well, maybe except Steve Wilkes. But other than that, um, I feel like anybody that he brings in to replace those guys, I, I have faith in. I mean, the guy's got three head coaches in the league right now. They used to coach underneath him. His his assistants are getting hired. His assistants are getting interviewed. So I don't know which I could say which guy's more important. I obviously think when you look at what what's happened with Purdy the past couple of years, they've both done a tremendous job. 
Um, I'll just say that I trust Shanahan to do a good job replacing him. You know, my my kid laughed at me. Lots of people laughed at me. Heck, you know what? I, I, I understand because it sounded crazy. But it sounds a little less crazy today that when I said it three or four weeks ago, which is that if the Niners fell short, I could see them making a big push for Bill Belichick to be their defensive coordinator. Now, I get it. You know, um, you know, Shanahan's not going to want to have Belichick push him over the finish line. But let's just say for the sake, maybe I misread this thing and Google and Skynet's like, stop, Krug, stop. <laughs> Belichick is a terrible announcer. He would be the worst announcer of all time. People are always going to go on TV. He'd be awful on television. Um, just truly terrible. And I don't know. It seems like the league's kind of spoken. There were eight jobs available. If he was going to, you know, you know, if he was going to, to uh, get a head coaching job, don't you think he would have gotten one this off season? To me, he seems like a guy who's just going to co- want to coach defense. And there is no limit to what you pay these guys. Um, what what do you think of of Jed and and if I mean if they win, not if they lose, because if they lose, I don't think they want to go that direction. But if they won, would they? Would, and Wilkes moved on because Wilkes has had like twenty jobs in twenty two years. Um, it's, it seems almost likely that he moves on. If would you would would a guy like Belichick, you think, take a lesser role? No, I don't think there's any way. No, I think he part needs of the to be why, the head guy. I think you know, he doesn't need to be the head guy. I think he wants to run the show. I think part of the reason why he didn't get a job is because he's such a bad GM. I mean, when you see what he did to that Patriots roster, I think he wants to go in and, and go in somewhere and have full control. And I don't think anybody wants to deal with that. You know, you're gonna have a coach for maybe two, three years. Already seventy-two. He's not going to go much longer than that. He'll probably try to get the all-time win record and then move on, and then he's going to leave you with <laughs> your roster is going to be awful <laughs> from what he did with the Patriots. I mean, listen, whatever you think, whether it was him or Brady or a little bit of both. I mean, his resume does speak for itself. What he did all those years, but also after Brady left, they were not a good football team. They did not have a good roster. No, he may have done a good job coaching that team. The defense still played really well, but personnel wise it was atrocious and i think that's part of it with belichick is just people didn't want that part of it but if you said four years ago that he would be a free agent nobody would hire him uh, i mean it, it seems insane and even rabel what the hell happened with that i, I thought rabel was gonna get a job in five minutes and he's i don't think he, inter- did he interview for anything maybe one or two spots so that's all really weird to me unless there's other stuff going on behind the scenes with rabel or maybe he's just waiting for next year when maybe the Bills open or the Cowboys open or something like that. But I'd be interested in Vrabel if uh, I mean because the, the, I don't want to I don't uh, want to blame Wilkes because I I think Wilkes has been solid, but I think they're, the Niners' problems this year have a lot more to do with the fact that their personnel is not as good. They lost Ebukam, they lost Amenahue, they lost mm-hmm. Jimmy Ward uh, a couple of years ago. They had DJ Jones, they had Tart. They used to have better run defenders. They lost Aziz Al-Shair. I mean, they lost a lot of good run defenders. To me, losing Jimmy Ward, Emmanuel Mosley is a great run Mm -hmm. defender. They just lost a lot of good run defenders. And if you lose a lot of good run defenders, you're not as good against the run. It's simple as that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I don't know. Rabel, too, I just feel like, is is he a, a... you know, he's more of a rah-rah guy, isn't he? You know, I feel like I, I feel like he'd be a better like leader head coach than he would be a coordinator. I, I don't know. Um, I just see I'm I disagree with you a little bit on Wilkes. I, I understand the Niners are not as good, they're not as deep, 
but there's still a lot of talent there. I, I just think sometimes you could just tell something's off. It just feels like something's off there for me. So I, I don't know what. And you would blame you're blaming Wilkes pretty much. I don't want. I don't want to say I'm blaming him because again, I'm not. I'm not behind the scenes. I don't. I don't know what the players really think. I don't know what's happened in those meetings. Just from what I see, from my very novice eyes, I something seems off to me. So again, if they go in and they win the Super Bowl, maybe like who gives a shit? And we'll see you next year. But if they come out again and they looked like they did most of the playoffs, can you bring them back? If the Niners lose that game, thirty-five to twenty, and the defense is on skates again, can you bring them back? I don't know if you can. What so, is what is the pivot point? I mean, I nobody wants to talk about this, but we we're just sitting here spitballing. Yeah, if the Niners lose this game and come up short again, that means that you know it's now going to be thirty years since their last Super Bowl. <laughs> what do you think the big pivot is? I mean, there there's got to be some major, um, you know. I guess the first question is, if they lose this Super Bowl, are they going to lose it because of their offense or defense? And you would probably guess defense, right? Yeah, probably. That, the, right now, that would be my guess, yeah. The only so two what, ways they can... What would they do? I mean, one of the things, they 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 always think big. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like the way they go about their business in free agency from the standpoint of, they don't go and try to sign five guys or seven guys or anything. Right. They build through the draft, but their new equation is if they have 10 free agents, they let eight of them walk away. They re-sign two. They take, uh, they work that compensatory formula. So they wind up with three or four more draft picks. And then they take one big swipe in free agency. They done it. They did it last year with Hargrave. They did it the year before with Mooney Ward. Mm-hmm. Will they do the same thing? Will they go after a Chris Jones or or somebody like that in, in free agency? I mean, what will be their big pivot if they lose and it's the defense's issue? Well, they, ha- they have to resign Ayuk, and it seems like it's a priority. So yeah. it, it's tough to say because they're in a situation now where, like, they do have this core, and there's probably, I don't know, would you say really another year with this core other than this? Maybe, maybe two. It's hard to say because Shanahan's a young man and Purdy's even younger. But that, but Trent Williams maybe two years. McCaffrey's yep. gonna be hitting thirty in two years. Kittle, yeah. Um, Kittle's Kittle's gonna be what thirty three or whatever it'll be. So, I, I think they can run it back with what they have. But I think so much of it depends on what happens in this game, right? Like I said if the defense comes out and plays tough in the offense, you know, when it's twenty four to twenty three and you just get beat by Mahomes late or something, maybe you just have to say like, you know what? Let's just you know let's try it again next year. We got a first round pick. But I, I don't know. I don't know if they're going to be able to make a big splash with the contracts they have unless they move some things around. But I but one thing they have shown me is that they're willing to keep their, their foot on the gas. They're willing to make moves to get better. We've seen it. McCaffrey last year, Emmanuel Sanders a few years before that, um, Chase Young this year, those in-season moves. And then, like you said, Mooney Ward, Javon Hargrave. And I didn't see Hargrave coming at all. So it could be one of those positions, one of those moves where you're like, oh, man, I, I, I didn't even see that. But I guess it's what do, what do they have to emphasize? They could use another corner. They definitely need another edge rusher. I mean, absolutely. Yeah, need maybe two. You know, Jake, yeah, Drake Jackson didn't work out. Um, they, they have to address that position. So maybe you 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 find somebody there and you just get somebody to try to bookend Bosa, whether you can get someone on a, on a, a one-year deal or something like that. But right tackle is going to be somewhere where I think they'll address and just tackle in general because you got to start planning for life without Trent at some point soon. And then corner is a need. 
as well as um, that other defensive end. And, you know, Hufunga, too, depending on the injury, safety, it's another spot. Gibson probably doesn't come back next year. Do they try to make a move there on the back end to get a little bit more dynamic? Um, you know, we'll see about that. Um, I asked Bosa about um, the tackles for the Chiefs, and he very succinctly said they hold a lot. And I would imagine that little cut went pretty viral because I've seen it in a lot of different spots. Uh, Bill Vinovich, who, you know, basically let Eric Fisher hold uh, Nick Bosa four years ago in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. will be calling uh, Super Bowl 58 as well. Do you think it's, do you think if you're Shanahan, do you think, you know, is it good to have that whole narrative of, hey, man, their guys hold a lot out there in the ether? before this game or do you think it comes across like sour grapes no i love it put it out there so people have their eyes on it and then maybe you get it you get a call or two what what pissed me off about that super bowl was if you're not going to call anything don't call anything you know i i guess i don't have a problem with that if you're gonna let the chiefs hold let the niners hold what pissed me off about that super bowl right is that they decided to call an offensive pass interference against george kittle because i don't know they just felt like throwing a flag there because they didn't call anything else all game so if you're going to let everything go, let it go, but don't decide to randomly call something like that because, I don't know, you just decided you wanted to throw the flag at that point. But I like that they're throwing it out there because they did hold all, all the whole game last Super Bowl. So put it out there. Let you know people see replays of Bosa getting his shirt yanked and things like that. It, it, may, it may spur the refs to make a call because, yeah, then the heat is on them. So I, I like it. Throw it out there. We've been talking about it for four years. Everybody knows it happened. <laughs> Let's not forget about it now. Seriously, um, how much blame do you give Garoppolo for losing to the Chiefs last time? And the only reason oh, I say man. that, the reason I say that, Al, is because literally I am watching that game right now. And the Niners have loose coverage on Watkins and, and Tyreek on some plays in, the, in, the, uh, in this game. But the first half interception that Jimmy threw was just heinous. It was like he had he already had the a defender on it, you know, in his face, and he just floated up this nightmare duck to the sideline that was just so easily picked. And I know a lot of people can talk about the Emmanuel Sanders, the fact he didn't hit Emmanuel Sanders on that play, uh, the deep ball late. But I mean, come on, your deep ball percentage is not going to be completion rate is not going to be high. But I blame him for that terrible first half interception. That was just like, come on, you tuck that away, take the sack, you know, live to fight another day. I thought that was one of the worst interceptions in Super Bowl history. Um, how much of how much of the of the loss do you blame on on uh, on him as opposed to maybe the right side of the Niners line with McGlinchey and Brunskill, who it seemed like you know I'm watching this again, Pennell and uh, Chris Jones just absolutely kicked them around. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say this, and I guess people can get mad at me if they're going to get mad at me. I think Jimmy Garoppolo greatly limited this team in a lot of ways. And I think we're seeing the other end of it now with Purdy, where again, if, if the play breaks down, you need to go outside of the structure of the play. They could not do that. And because of that, they had trouble scoring points. And everybody wants to point to McCaffrey and you're, you're completely that's completely valid. McCaffrey changed it. The guy might be the best non-quarterback in the league. He changed everything. I, I agree with that. He's a big piece of it. But bef- before Purdy got there, 
the Niners were not scoring a lot of points. Go pull up pro football reference and look at like last year and a half before Purdy got there. They weren't scoring 30 points hardly at all. In the playoffs, I said it earlier, they couldn't score 17 points, 13 points, 20 points, 23 points. They could not put the ball in the end zone. And you still had Kittle, you had Ayuk, you had Debo, you had Elijah Mitchell, you had good player, you had Raheem Mostert, you had, you had good players around you, but they were just limited because Jimmy had to play within that structure. He couldn't roll out and hit a play, and they had nothing downfield. You know, Purdy has thrown a – I'd have to get the numbers, but, you know, his downfield passing has been really good this year. And even in the game we saw against Detroit, right, okay, it bounced off the guy's head. Well, shit happens when you throw deep. You know, you get penalties. You get things like that to happen. So they have that aspect of their offense. So that they're able to throw the ball downfield. They're able to make these off-schedule plays, and because of that, they score more points. So was it his fault alone that they lost the Super Bowl? No. But because he's limited, certain things had to happen. And, and when they didn't, you only end up with 20 points. Um, and I always think of the play when he missed Sanders. I think on hindsight's 20 20. And I don't know what he saw, but it looked like Kendrick Bourne was wide open to me in the middle of the field, like 18 yards downfield or whatever it was. So I always feel like, what if he just threw that there? Is it different? But I'm a big you do or you don't guy. And I remember when Jimmy was walking on the field for that drive, I said, all right, you do or you don't. You know, Montana and Walsh did. Some of these guys do. So far, knock on wood, Purdy has in the last two games. You do or you don't. He didn't. So he's got to live with us now saying, <laughs> was he the reason they lost? I think he was part of the reason they lost, his limitations. Yeah. Uh, two last supers, and then I'll get his house prediction. We'll bolt for the door. Andy, 707, there is there is no tomorrow. I was just joking about that last night. I guess Carl Weathers passed today at the age of 76. Um you know, he was ripped. He was a, he did an incredible job in those, in those Rocky films as playing Apollo Creed, uh, RIP Carl Weathers for sure. He was, you know, that, that line from Rocky three, there is no tomorrow. Uh, in some ways it makes me think of the Niners in this, this game coming up, but RIP Carl Weathers. Um, what a, what an Adonis he was, man. He was absolutely incredible shape. And then bomber 78 says bill wants his guys to wear gloves, that blend in with the other team's jerseys better so you can't see the holding as much. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, what do you think, Al? Give me your your prediction on uh, on this game. I, I do think the 49ers have a path to victory. Um, it's, I, it's not like I'm definitely not cocky. How could you be cocky going against Mahomes? Mm -hmm. But I do believe there's some magic to Brock Purdy. Um, I do think the Niners have the ability to run on, on, on uh, Kansas City. And, you know, the bottom line on, on this thing, and nobody really talks about this at all, but, you know, Patrick Mahomes this year threw 14 interceptions, and he hasn't thrown one now in 20 quarters. Um, he was 17th in completion percentage at 48.6. This is not an all-timer offense by any chance. And I think if the 49ers can take away one weapon, Pacheco or Rice or Kelsey, it's going to severely diminish what Kansas City can do. I like the Niners to get the win. I think it's going to be close, but I like the Niners to get the win. What do you think? What's your prediction? Yeah, I'm right there with you, too. I mean, it's always hard when I have my fan hat on because I get nervous. I think of a million things that can go wrong. But I believe the most important person in this game is in the 49ers backfield, and I think he's going to touch the ball 30, 35 times. I really think Christian McCaffrey is going to have an all-time game. I think he's going to win the MVP if the Niners win. And I think he's going to be the difference. Um, they're going to control the clock. They're going to keep Mahomes off the field. They're going to limit Kansas City's possessions. And they're going to run the shit out of the ball. 
And I'm going to say Niners. I think it's going to be in the mid twenties for both teams. And it's, it's going to come down to the end and it's going to be close. And it's going to be a nail biter because it's never easy. But <laughs> of I think course, Niners, it's never I think easy. Niners are they're going to pull it out. I think it's never easy. Why can't we have something easy? Never. You know never. why? There's no fifty-five ten. There's no forty-nine twenty-six. I mean, we we oh, everything's well, got to be all the way. I mean, you know, I'm getting too old for these uh, for these for these nail biters. The last couple of games, I've just been like, oh, oh, I can barely breathe. I had to stand after the Niners scored. I had to stand the rest of the game because I just couldn't sit. I could not sit down. I just pace. I pace the whole day. Yeah, <laughs> that's day. awesome. Al, what do you got cooking on your channel or on your uh, on your? I know you do a podcast. Are you doing another? When do you, when do you appear next? When can people, uh, you know, take in your your content next? Uh, we just we just had Jacoby Shaddix on from Papa Roach, who's a big 49ers fan. He comes nice. on, on our show and talk Niners. That show came out today, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, next week, Matt Hamilton used to be on Good Morning Football. FanDuel TV is coming on. And we're looking like Peter. we're going to be able to get Peter King to come back on. Um, we had him at the end of November, early December, which was amazing because the guy's a legend. So hopefully we can schedule something with him next week, fingers crossed. And we're just going to try to, you know, it's Super Bowl week, man. Just try to have a lot of shows, a lot of content. And uh, hope the Niners win. Dude, I love your content, man. I, I love your reasoning. I, I love the way you go about things. I think it's very sensible. It's very logical. And you guys uh, have put out good content. So keep it rolling, man. Thanks for jumping on the Krug Show. And we appreciate you. Appreciate you, Larry. Thank you so much. Have a good one. The great Al Sacco stopping by on the Krug Show. All right. Thanks to Underdog Fantasy. Uh, check the link in the description. Use that promo code Krug, and they'll match you up to your first $100. Thanks to MarinAutoglass.com. Um, MarinAutoglass.com and also 415-883-3030. Thanks to Pig and a Pickle, the best barbecue in all of Northern California. Uh, check them out in Emeryville and Corte Madera. They're open seven days a week from 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. or until they run out. And sadly, you know what? They actually do run out, um, which is not sad, I guess, because that means they've sold all their barbecue for the day. But... Um, Anyway, they do an incredible job, Damon and Mary. Maybe, you know, if you're looking to, uh, you know, bring some food in on Super Bowl Sunday, give them a call, and they do tons of takeout orders, and it's amazing food. So check it out, Pig and a Pickle. If you're thinking, what do I do on Super Bowl Sunday to support the Krug Show for all the great content we've hopefully provided you this year? Well, how about call Pig and a Pickle and get them to uh, stop by or, or have them uh, you know, make you some amazing barbecue for your Super Bowl Sunday party. I know they did off just off the chain amounts of barbecue on uh, NFC title game weekend. In fact, Damon, the owner, sent me a picture. He's like, these are all the orders from today. And it was like just hundreds of orders of people doing barbecue on uh, NFC championship day. So I'll say this. You will not be disappointed. Uh, thanks to Pig and a Pickle for being the title sponsor of the Krug Show. All right, let me hit the chat here for a minute and see what people are saying. Hello, 45 says, Larry, who is Jonah Cox? Uh, he's an outfielder that the Giants acquired for from the A's for Ross Stripling. He had like um, he was a high percent, high average hitter in the in in uh, amateur ball. And I believe he was like a six round pick. He had like a 45 game hitting streak. Um, I don't know a lot about him to be completely honest. I'm giving you literally everything I know about him, but the giants also gained $9 million in that. And it makes you think that they're on the verge of signing somebody of significance to, uh, re 
spend or, you know, to kind of turn around that $9 million of savings on Ross Stripling's contract. Um, it's a weird thing for the Giants. I mean, yes, they trade Stripling and they parted with a bad contract, but it was a bad contract that they signed. You know, it's like far on. It's like, great. You, you, you've had these deals this, this off season, man, you got rid of D Scafani's bad contract. You signed D Scafani's bad contract. Oh, you got rid of Stripling's bad contract. You signed Stripling to that bad contract. So it's like, I, I, I don't know. And then you look at the Giants' lack of depth in their starting rotation. Um, I don't get it. I'm not. I'm not getting what these moves are. But we'll see. We'll see. Maybe they'll go sign a hitter. Cody Bellinger's still out there. It'd be nice. Uh, I don't think there's a chance in hell they're going to sign him, but it would be nice. Uh, a couple others here. Akshay says, "Any other shows today, Larry? I'm off to Ninerland, so it's one o'clock. Uh, Steve Wilkes talks at two forty-five after practice." So I'm going to be there for uh, Steve Wilkes, for Chris Forrester, for Brock Purdy. We'll do some videos from Niner Camp and update you on all the happenings down in uh, Santa Clara. Um, and that does it for the day. Uh, and then tomorrow morning at 9 a.m., the coach will be by, and we'll do uh, a full live stream with the coach tomorrow. So we got a lot going on. And then, of course, um, we'll do more stuff You know, leading into – uh, Vegas, I'll be in Vegas Tuesday through Friday. Um, and we're going to bring you lots of content as well from radio row. I'll be there for 95, seven, the game. Um, I'll also be doing lots of interviews on radio row, doing lots of live streams, uh, short videos. We'll be all over Vegas, having a good old time, hopefully bringing you the sights and sounds of super bowl week in a way that only we can. So we're looking forward to that. Hello. 45 said, the Giants and A's completed a trade earlier today with Jonah Cox joining the Giants organization in exchange for Ross Stripling and cash considerations. So, yeah, that's that's what I heard as well. Um, I can't tell you a lot about Jonah Cox. I know that Ross Stripling, you know, was a decent kind of swing man uh, rotation guy, but, I mean, they gave him way too much money. I think he was making like $11 million a year. That's way, way, way too much for Ross Stripling. So, you know, Farhan's, um, Farhan's, you know, getting rid of bad contracts, but they're bad contracts that he signed. So I don't know. I don't know what to say. Patrick Sheehan says, Krug, did you see Spags? What Spags said today about Purdy? No, but I would imagine it's very complimentary. That would be my guess. Uh, if he's smart, and he probably is, that he'll say a lot of complimentary things about Brock Purdy. Uh, I saw, you know, Andy Reid said a bunch of complimentary things. So why would he come out and rip them? It would make no sense. But if he wants to rip them, rip right away. Uh, come one, come all. I add to the boulder shoulder that Purdy has. James Wilson says, Larry getting the fire content. Yes, yes. Well, you know what? We're going to try. We're going to absolutely try. Uh, Ernest Sire says, watch your back, Larry. Ooh. <laughs> what? Now you're getting me nervous. Watch my back. Watch your back. Uh-oh. What's Is something bad going to happen to me? I can handle myself, so don't worry about me. Andy707 said brisket chili. Yeah, brisket chili. Ooh. Seriously, I've never had chili until I had the pig in a pickle brisket chili. I've never had brisket in chili. But brisket, especially, you know, the the... Brisket, the the the, the uh, softness of the brisket in chili is just 
absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, Peter Lee says John Lynch just spoke with the media. Yeah, so he probably got down there a little early, and I didn't get to sit get there for that, so I missed that already. Um, I should have been there earlier. Bomber T says, I got your back, Larry. Uh, Greatness54 says, were you at the John Lynch interview? I was not. I was not. Um, oh, Akshay says, even John Lynch spoke about the lack of effort. All right, I'll look for that. I'll absolutely look for that. All right, guys, have a great day. Thanks to each and every one of you. Check us out from Vegas all week long. We're going to produce an awful lot of great content. Until then, peace. Yeah, never met a man I've been scared of. Careful, you won't get exactly what you asked.